You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey guys, this is Mike Madano, and you're listening to Sarcastic Remarks. Hello guys, welcome to the Starcastic Remarks studios. Welcome to episode 5 of the 2022 off season. We have a lot to talk to you guys about today. But before we get into anything else, we want to thank our sponsor DraftKings for being our sponsor for our podcast. This episode and the entirety of THPN. Um, before we get started tonight, uh, we want to say a couple of a uh, uh, couple of sad things that happened across uh, just hockey in general today. Um, the uh, the Stars Twitter account uh, released today uh, that Bryn, who was a who was fighting cancer, uh, she unfortunately passed away. Uh, I don't know when it was, but fairly recently. And uh, we just want to say, uh, uh, you know, our thoughts are out there for Bryn and her family, and we're praying for her. And then, uh, I mean, today was absolutely crazy when it came to news. And uh, another thing that came out was uh, Brian Marchment, a former NHL player, really big player. And uh, he was actually a scout for the San Jose Sharks, uh, passed away suddenly uh, in Montreal with the draft tomorrow. So that was another big thing that happened. So prayers out to him. Uh, His son, Mason, who actually plays for the uh, currently for the Florida Panthers and uh, the entire Marchment family. But... Uh, just want to give a, a couple of, uh, you know, greetings out there to those people and saying sorry to them and praying for their families. But we have a giant packed show here for you guys today. We have a huge lineup. We have Chris, we have James, but we also have a lot of huge guests over here to your right. So second over there is Josh Sanders and third is Sam Morales. They're both admins of the Jake Ottinger fan club and hockey talk group on Facebook and uh, they're going to help uh, Chris, James, and I kind of figure out uh, who the stars are going to take uh, in the NHL draft tomorrow. That's going to be a huge uh, point of topic today. Uh, but first, I just want to say, how you guys doing? Y'all doing okay? Ah, Sam, you said my name first. <laughs> Whatever. I'm going to be more entertaining, so I could care less. Probably true. That's probably true. No, uh, doing good. Glad to be on the show. Uh, always enjoy shooting these with you guys, so happy to be back and Talk hockey. Yep. Ryan, good to see you again. Feel like what second time in a week, and then possibly talk yeah. to you again tomorrow. So yeah, yeah, that's good true. to see you. Yeah, it's oh, three true. times in one week. It's kind of weird. Be good. It's gonna be a good week. Yeah, it's gonna be a long week though. But yeah. all right. But anyways, uh, Chris and James, how are you guys doing? Y'all are kind of quiet uh, over there. I'm great. I'm caffeinated. I'm drugged, and I got a box full of tissues. It's a it's a great evening. What okay, and no, drugged no with, drugged with the good stuff, okay? Not illegal stuff. Benadryl, okay? I'm just going to need to point that out real quick, okay? Thank, thank you for Sounded clarifying. Cool you <laughs> <laughs> thank you for clarifying. <laughs> well, all right. So anyways, guys, uh, I sent you all an outline about what we were going to talk about tonight, uh, yesterday, and within a day, it's like already outdated, like Josh was saying, just off camera here. 
but uh we're still gonna go try and go through it. We're gonna try to add add some of the stuff that's been in uh, since then, and I'll I'll kind of we'll kind of piggyback on that, and we'll just see where this takes us. Chris says he's he may go he may just pass out on camera, or he may just go crazy. So hopefully it goes crazy because that'd be absolutely hilarious. But, I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, me too. It'd be enjoyable for me. Um, but we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, the whole Ivan Fedotov and uh, Kirill Kaprizov uh, situation because uh, obviously, I mean, we have to talk about it, unfortunately. Um, uh, and we'll get into how that involves some Dallas Stars players. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Austin Matthews, and there's some people that saying he's already the greatest American ever. Okay, pump the brakes on that. And <laughs> there's an obvious reason why I want to talk about that because we have the claim to that as Stars fans. Um, uh, there was an inter- interesting uh, David Pagnota tweet. Uh, he's of the fourth period, and uh, he's he tweeted about the Stars going after a top six winger. So that was interesting. We may spend some time on that a little bit. And then we'll obviously get into the draft a little bit, and then we'll end with our Who Cares segment, which I think is really interesting because I came up with it. And But Chris and James, you know, normally they're like, you know, we don't like your ideas. But last week was my idea too, and I thought it was a good one. It was the whole Taco Bell thing. So we'll All see right. how the who cares segment goes. All but, right, Ryan, slow, slow down with that confidence, man. <laughs> I, slow down. I got all the confidence in the world, dude. The night okay. is young. <laughs> all right. So and by the way, you guys jump in whenever uh, y'all have something to say, because this this beginning part is going to be a, a lot of me monologuing because there's a lot of background to this uh, story. So uh, well, let's let's get into what's happened the past two days. It's literally been two days that this has expanded. Um, for those of you that don't know, it started with uh, Ivan Fedotov. Um, Ivan Fedotov is a 25-year-old. He's a prospect. He's a goalie. And he just recently signed his entry-level deal into the NHL uh, at the beginning of May. So uh, if, if you want even more background on it, I, I highly suggest you go and uh, listen to the Monday episode of the Steve Dangle podcast. They did an excellent job breaking it down and explaining the situation. But I'm just going to go long story or long story short here. Um, when you play for the team that he's currently playing for, CSKA Moscow, you're technically a member of the army, and that can count towards your service in the Russian military. Every every Russian man is required to spend two years in the military at the very least. So he's only played for one year for CSKA Moscow. So when they signed uh, that, when he signed his deal to come over and play in North America next season. They viewed that as draft dodging, even though he wasn't draft dodging. He said he was going to come back and finish it another year. But before all of this happened, uh, it started with, you know, CSK of Moscow came to him and said, hey, we really want you to stay here for another year. He said no. They came back to him, him again and said, hey, we really want you to stay here another year. Here's more money. He still said no. So what they decided to do, and this has you know whose hands all over it. I'm not even going to say his name on the internet, but uh, he was arrested for draft dodging. Uh, let me let me rephrase that. He was abducted for draft dodging. Uh, he was he was arrested, and then he received injections, which the Russian doctors called medicine, and he became really sick. He was sent to the hospital because of this so-called medicine, and then just basically disappeared off the face of the planet. Now Um, he was not allowed to speak to his agent. Um, He was not allowed to speak to his parents or anything like that. And then because uh, he was arrested instead of being arrested, he is now being sent 
to the Arctic Circle, where he will be there for a year. So, I mean, this has you know whose hands all over it. I feel like I'm talking about Lord Voldemort right now about all of this. But <laughs> he looks kind of like Voldemort. He does kind of look like Voldemort <laughs> in a way. Tomato, so, tomato. but uh, but that's the whole story from yesterday, and that was just yesterday. Uh, I mean, thoughts about that stories, you guys, because yeah. I, I thought it was insane. And that's causing all of the other Russian players to be at risk now too of being stuck in Russia. I saw uh, apparently Kaprizov, as soon as he found out about it, flew straight to the United States from Russia to try and get away from it. So there, have, uh, there's uh, conflicting Russo, reports about that. He's about to say Russo, who covers the Wild, put out a conflicting report on that, saying or Garen basically mm. said that he's still in. Uh, Bill Garen said he's still in Russia. Yeah. Um, at mm. this time, but I mean, who knows if that's entirely true or not, or if they're just trying to kind of you know keep Kaprizov out of the eye of you know who. Yeah. Mm. So, and I mean, another thing you got to think about with these players too, obviously, you know, common, you know, immediate reaction would be like, oh, they just need to come to North America and, you know, be done with it. But a lot of these players have families and things like that. And if you look at how the whole Artemi Panarin situation played out a year ago, I mean, a lot of these players aren't just going to up and leave their families um, in, in a place like that. So there's, there's a lot more to it than just, you know, just the hockey mm-hmm. player himself. So it's going to be interesting to kind of see how the next, you know, this off season plays out. Right. And uh, one of the other things that I really thought about was, you know, I, I put myself in the shoes of some of these players. And it's like, if I was a Russian and I was being, you know, basically, I, I mean, what's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, forced, I guess, to, to stay in Russia the way that it seems like, you know, who is trying to keep there. He's trying to hold on to these players. Um, I mean, I wouldn't try to just ditch my family or anything like that no mm-hmm. matter what they tried to do i would not i would try to take care of my family first so right. uh you know there there were some people out there that were like oh they just need to defect to the united states and just bring their family it's not that easy that i mean i mean i mean uh, i'm trying to remember back in the 80s i think pavel Bure was one of the first ones that like truly defected from the ussr to the united states and that whole thing of getting him, his family, and all of that over was a complete fiasco. Yeah. Uh, so uh, if you haven't read a story about Pavel Bure and how he came over to the NHL, I highly recommend you go and look it up because it's insane. So, um, well, so, so how, how do go most ahead. These players, like, so how did most of these players get out of that service in the first place, I guess? That's what I'm confused about. Is I've heard conflicting reports as to whether playing for the team counts as their service or if whenever they play in the NHL it gets deferred or how that process works. Do you have any idea about that? So, so I've done a lot of research on this. And, you know, obviously we think about the, okay, well, what about the big players like Alexander Ovechkin, for example? How come he's not, uh, you know, in that same realm as Ivan Fedotov? And it really is the fact of he's a big name. And the other thing that you can do, and they won't admit this uh, publicly, obviously, but you can pay off your service. So uh, it, so, so Russians can pay off their two years of service, it, and then they won't be, they won't have a warrant out for their arrest or anything like that. So, and that's obviously dodgy and under the table as well. So it, it, it's based, sure. for lack of a better term, it's a bribe to the mm-hmm. Russian government saying, "Hey, we won't have you arrested." So. But uh, th- I just thought that whole situation was crazy. Um, you all have any other thoughts about that before we move on to what happened today? <laughs> yeah, well, it's just gonna it's gonna impact free agency. It's gonna impact drafts. 
for all Russian players, which is unfortunate for them, but it's a thing to think about while we're going through the off season. Yeah, I would agree. I I think that it's going to take a hit, especially on Russian prospects. Unfortunately, um, not saying it's going to push them out of the draft altogether, but I think it'll push them down a few spots just because there's that there's that extra layer of risk now that teams mm-hmm. are taking by drafting them, whether it's a year or two years of selected service or you know whether or not they'll even be able to come over to the United States at all at this point. Um, I think it's something that's – I don't think a GM's going to come out right and say that that's on their mind, but it's 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 on it's on every yeah. GM's mind right now. Yeah. And, and, you know, one other thing that I, I'm actually backing up the NHL on this, you know, some people are saying, well, why doesn't the NHL just, you know, step up for their players and stuff like that? And the thing is, is like, I mean, don't you think that if a North American company comes out and says, you know, we're against Russia 100% and, I mean, they, they condemned the war – in Ukraine, but you know, the whole thing about, uh, you know, them being the way they are, that if they come out like that, it really puts more Russian NHL players, families at jeopardy. So it, again, so just, just more about the families. So, um, and then, so I, I guess I'll go ahead and get into what happened today. So, uh, Karel Kaprizov, uh, who is arguably one of the biggest younger stars in the NHL right now, very flashy Minnesota Wild forward. Um, so today he was uh, accused of something with military IDs, whether it's like fake, I- he's like selling fake IDs or making these fake IDs or accepting them or something. And now he is a, apparently a wanted man in Russia. So now he's somewhere uh, it, 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 at the beginning of the day. It said that he had left Russia and was fleeing for the United States. And then Michael Russo, who is the athletic, uh, who works for the athletic as the Minnesota Wild beat reporter, uh, came out and said, no, that's not true. He's uh, Bill Guerin said that he's not here in the United States right now. He's still in Russia. So wherever he is, I hope he's safe because uh, I, I guess the Russian authorities are looking for him. I, I really don't know, but. Uh, some people were saying that this story was fabricated and this wasn't true, but uh, I mean, there's got to be something to this. Uh, do, do you guys think that that's all true? Uh, I think there's some semblance of truth to it. Um, I, I'm still not entirely convinced that he's not in the United States right now, but um, at the same time, like we talked about earlier, if he's got family over there, it would make sense for him to still be there as well. So um, it, it's... I. I'm not entirely sure what's true and what's not, but the fact that this was even brought up, I think that there's some element of truth somewhere in the story. It's just a matter of Uh what's true and what's not that I'm not entirely sure on right now. The whole military ID thing doesn't make much sense to me personally. It's You have millions and millions on the line. Why would you... And regardless of how we feel about Russia creating counterfeit military IDs, like that just sounds odd to me. Um, So I don't really know what to make of it other than... Like I said, it's Russia. Anything can happen. There could be a bunch of different stories stories in play here. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about it. I hope he's safe. I hope his family's safe. Mm-hmm. Um, but until more information comes out, I, I, the Kaprizov stuff especially, I honestly have no idea what's going on there. It's The whole situation is just very odd. It doesn't make much sense. The more... The more you hear about it, the, the less it makes sense. So yeah. Right. And I, I think people need to make sure that whatever they're seeing on Twitter and stuff like that, take it with a grain of salt. I mean, you're going to have parties on both sides of this trying to 
trying to lead with breaking news and stuff like that that may not be entirely accurate. So if you see something on, you know, see something come from, you know, a respected reporter or something like that, that's one thing. But you're going to see a lot of people making up rumors about this stuff over the next few weeks. So just kind of be cautious about what you what you believe and what you what you don't. Yeah, 100 percent there. Um, uh, with the whole military ID thing, Sam, I really think it's just because it's illegal. It's illegal to to in Russia to recreate military IDs, and I think they're just trying to find, you know, something to pin on these players. I, well, I really why think would it's a millionaire hockey player do that. <laughs> that right, matter. exactly. <laughs> right. So I mean, it, it it just doesn't make any sense why why he would even do that. And uh, Kaprizov's dad actually even came out and said, you know, that's a, bu- a bunch of crap. That that's not true. He 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 didn't do any of that. So. At least someone's is sticking up, but you know, hopefully, uh, everything with this whole situation is okay. Now, the the main reason why I, I bring this up on a Stars podcast is because there was a tweet that came out uh, just yesterday uh, that involved uh, two NHL or well, two Dallas Stars players slash pro- prospects, right? So uh, this was a, a tweet that we found in, and this is I'm just going to read it straight from uh, the source. It said. The source told RIA Novosti, RIA is the uh, Russian government-run uh, news organization, that other former CSKA hockey players who have decided to move to the NHL may be drafted into the Army. The Army owns the right to many young players who are now playing abroad, and if they don't officially resolve the issue with the military enlistment office, then such players as Igor Afasenyev, I'm probably saying his name wrong, uh, Artem Groshnikov, Ilya Sorokin, Denis Gurionov, and Dmitry Samarukov could face the same problems that Ivan Fedotov did. So on that list, uh, three should be fairly familiar to many NHL fans, and two should be pretty particular to Stars fans in Artem Groshnikov and Denis Gurionov. So, I mean, that's that's kind of scary in the fact that, you know, these guys could pro- possibly go through the same thing that uh, – that you know, Kirill Kaprizov is dealing with Artemi Panarin dealt with last year or the year before, and the fact that Ivan uh, Fedotov is dealing with it right now. So, um, I I did reach out uh, to a couple of sources, and I I, I don't want to say what I know, but what I can tell you is that right now that they're they are both safe uh, from from what I've been told. So that that's the good news, but. Uh, what what are y'all's thoughts about this whole situation? Do you think this affects Dennis Garyanov? Is he even going to be able to play for the Stars this upcoming season? Because there's a lot of people that are even saying that. I mean, if he's out for the season, I think he, I'm not sure contractually how all that works because mm-hmm. he's on a one-year deal. But if you get drafted for military service, I have no idea if that counts against your contract or if it kind of just rolls over. Um no idea how that process works, but you know, if that were to happen, I love Giryanov. I'll I'll come save him myself. Um, <laughs> we'll but, all come save him. <laughs> exactly. Um, just glad to hear that you know he's all right right now, and hope he stays that way. Um, I'm not going to try to butcher our prospect's name because I think you did a much Grushnikov. better job. Grushnikov. Grushnikov. Awesome last That name. sounded right. <laughs> you say it with enough, enough conviction, people will believe you. I, I, I hope he's doing well as, j- just as well, because we definitely need guys like him in the pipeline. But, you know, personal matters come first. So 
just yep. wishing them both the best, and that's all. I would I imagine do. he's still up in North America somewhere, too. I mean, they just got done with the Memorial Cup, not what, <laughs> two weeks ago? So, I mean, unless yep. he hopped on a plane immediately after that and went back to Russia, I, I got to believe he's still here somewhere, whether it's in Canada or something like that. I mean, I, again, like I said, I have no no inclination on this whatsoever. He very well could be in Russia, but... Right. I mean, Gurionov, I he could be in nine different countries right now. I have no clue. But I saw him in the Maldives the other day on Instagram two weeks ago. What was that? <laughs> I saw him in the Maldives the other day on Instagram. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, hey, here's what I can say, and this literally came out on Twitter about thirty minutes ago. This is straight from Saudi Yusuf, so it's a credible source. Um, and he's quoting Jim Nil. Uh, Jim Nil said, uh, "Denis Gurionov is already back in Russia." Stars Russian prospect Artem Grushnikov played in the Memorial Cup, like you said, Josh, and, uh, quote, is being very careful with what he does. Uh, Nil said the Russians probably know better on how to handle than anybody else. NHL only knows what's public info. So, uh, I mean, so the NHL is as much in the dark about Ivan Pro, uh, Provorov, uh, Ivan Fedotov and, uh, you know, this whole situation with Kaprizov as the rest of the hockey world is. Mm-hmm. So uh, hopefully uh, Greshnikov is okay. He's doing okay out there. I would assume he's in North America. There's probably a reason why it's not mentioned <laughs> where he is. Right. Uh, and with uh, Gary Onoff, I-, I don't know how he's going to get back to the uh, to North America because the only way that Russian players were able to get home is because you know all the flights from the North America are not going to Russia because of the war. So they mm-hmm. had to fly to either Croatia, Turkey, or uh, Dubai, uh, UAE in order to get home. So lots of different connecting flights and crazy things. So uh, it's just a crazy situation, guys. And hopefully uh, this doesn't last much longer, but um, just, and I got one more question to kind of, kind of put a bow on this. And I don't know how you guys feel about this. And I want to hear from each of you guys, how you feel about it. Cause I have a personal opinion on this too. Um, The double IHF actually just recently upheld the ban on uh, Russian and Belarusian teams playing in these uh, foreign in, in their tournaments, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other sports that are not allowing individual, like individual sports that are not allowing Russian players to come in. Like, for example, Wimbledon, uh, the, the big tennis tournament in England, they're not allowing any Russian or Belarusian players in their tournament this year. Um, how do y'all feel about that whole situation? Because it's a big topic of contention uh, when it comes to Stars fans and hockey fans in general. Yeah, I think uh, since since the IIHF stuff is state-sponsored, like the Russian team would be sponsored by the Russian government, that's why they would be banned. But like individual players getting paid should not cause ban like we have in the NHL. So that's where the line is drawn, in my opinion, is if it's state-sponsored and the state gets credit for stuff, it shouldn't be allowed. But if it's individual, then that should be okay. I agree with that. Um, I got no issues seeing players from Russia play in those kind of tournaments. My issue is them essentially representing Russia. I got no issues with you banning Russia or something like that. Have them play for, you know, Team B or whatever, whatever you want to, whatever, whatever you want to, you know, name the team that they're representing. Uh, I, I agree that the state sponsored. Uh, the state sponsored teams from Russia and Belarus should not be a part of this tournament, but I also don't like 
essentially banning the players that really had nothing to do with this ongoing war. Um, so strip them of, you know, the country that they play for at these tournaments, but I still think that they should be eligible to play, I guess, um, for lack of a better term, if that makes any sense at all. Mm-hmm. I personally don't have a strong preference on it one way or another. I know at the Olympics, um, we had like individual athletes from Russia as opposed to like the Russian Federation like team. Mm-hmm. Everyone knew that they were Russian. Whenever yeah. they won, like I don't, I actually don't think that they played the Russian anthem, but they still, everyone knew that they were Russian. So with a team sport, I don't know if you can necessarily do that as easily as other teams or uh, as individual uh, competitions like in the Olympics. But I don't know. For for me, I I, I get what y'all are saying about it's a state sponsored organization, but at the same time there are plenty of governments that I'm not too fond of and I would need to look at the um, international federation to get the full list, but you know, there's plenty of governments that I'm not a big fan of, but they aren't restricted from international participation in events, the UN and a whole host of other things. So yes. Do I think what's going on in Ukraine is atrocious and terrible? Absolutely. But I'm not sure what is accomplished by restricting Russian athletes other than allowing he who we're not mentioning this podcast. He who must not be named. (laughs) Yeah. uh, To kind of even consolidate more power internally because they're getting no support externally. So that kind of naturally causes a consolidation of power, I guess. So I am cautious of that. I don't know. I, I, I'm i not a master in geopolitical stuff, but yeah. I, I, I am cautious about that piece at least. Um, so that's, I, I'm, I'm kind of split on it. I see both sides of it. Yeah. I know for one thing, I know that esports has already done this when the Ukraine, when Russia first declared war on Ukraine and they had a bunch of Russian organizations that were banned from from tournaments and the what i mean with with esports you're able to just go to a different organization that's sponsored by someone else but it's it's a little bit different when you're you have to be there physically and you're playing in person so mm-hmm. um and the the only thing that i don't like about some of the stuff that's going on is like i, I think i believe this is in the chl so the major junior leagues in uh, canada they're not allowing any Russian players to be drafted into their leagues this year. And that's where I, I kind of have a problem with a little bit because uh, I, I mean, these guys, I'm they're, it's not their fault that they're Russian. They were born there. It's mm-hmm. just that there's a crazy madman who's running their country and, and doing the things that he's doing. I, and, and I, I agree with you that there needs to be a line drawn right there. Cause I think that's too far. And and I, that's why I, I don't like what Wimbledon did because, I mean, there are some big-name Russian players, uh, mm-hmm. Russian tennis stars, who are not at Wimbledon because of the fact that they banned them. And I, I just think that's too much. I mean, you don't have to mention Russia and any broadcast, take away their flag next to the little name on the TV broadcast. I, I, I'm all for that. But completely banning them from you know competing, I just think that's wrong. That's just mm-hmm. my opinion. Um, anything else guys, before we jump into the next topic? Cause I, I think that we did, we did a do justice there. 
Sam did touch on one thing that's interesting to me, though, and this is just going to be quick. Um, and obviously, the most important thing is these players and their safety and their family safety. But from an NHL perspective, what does it do to contracts? Do these contracts get pushed back if they don't play this year? Or I'm, I'm curious to see how that all works. And I, and I don't even think the NHL has that answer right now. Um, I think they're kind of waiting to see how it plays out. But just something that I'll be keeping an eye on um, yeah. as this whole situation unfolds. Didn't Alexander's Ra- Alexander Radulov's contract when he went back to the KHL, didn't uh, the Canadians like, retain his rights until he came back for sure. I believe it was time. the Predators, but yeah, I believe yeah. they retained his yeah, rights yeah. Um, when he came back and they traded him to Montreal is my yeah. understanding. So I think something like that is most likely, but right. who the heck knows? Because they're not going back to the KHL. It's not their choice either. So right. why should they right. be punished for that too? So yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll be weird. The NHL will have to make a decision on that. Well, yep. and then here's here's the other thing about that is what, what does that do to the cap hits? Because I mean, some, I mean, mm-hmm. like for example, if if Alexander Radulov is not allowed to to come to the United States, be, and we haven't even talked about work visas, I mean, we don't even know if they're going to be allowed to work in the United States because they're Russian. Um, right. They just kind of played last year because you know the <laughs> the United States and Canada governments were just kind of like, you know, COVID happened and you know crazy things went on. Just just it's an exemption. Go play and just make your money, and we'll get back to you. So I mean, this is. This is the time to get back to him. Yeah, <laughs> and a lot of questions now it's at a wor- even worse time than it was, you know, during the pandemic. So we'll have to see how it goes. What I've seen about the contract situations, uh, you guys, is basically that the contract will be terminated. So oh. the players won't get their money and the contract will, will just be gone and done away with. And then there will be cap space available for those teams. That's just what I've seen. I don't know if that will be the solution that the NHL goes with. That's just a just a side note there, but mm-hmm. makes sense. Okay. Um. Anyways, let's let's get into more fun stuff to talk about because th- that sucked. Um. <laughs> uh. Appreciate th- it. This one pissed me off. This is and I'm we're not a Toronto podcast at all, but we have to talk about it because they tiptoed over a line mm. that's completely wrong, and I'm pissed off about it. So we're gonna talk about it. <laughs> um. Uh, Sportsnet put out a tweet. Uh. I think a couple of days ago, and it was a picture of Austin Matthews, and it said. Is Austin Matthews the greatest American-born player, keyword, ever, ever? And I just want to know your thoughts on that because I have a very long-winded answer that I will make short while y'all talk, and I'll come up with a, a shorter discussion about it. Cla- what do y'all classic, think? Classic sports net. I think he, he's definitely on that path right now, but yeah, it's a, a little, little early. From I'll also the hot take. From a current skill perspective, I think he's the best goal scorer that has played being born in the United That's, States country. I don't right, right, right. Obviously, he hasn't had the best career yet. He's only been playing what six seasons. He, he's not the best, yeah. greatest. He's he's not the greatest American-born player of all time. He's just not there yet. Full career, yeah, we'll have that conversation. But I think he has more scoring ability today than any American-born forward has had. And that's, where that's where I'll sit with that. I, I, I can, that'd be an interesting discussion. I, I, I would be open to having that discussion about goal scoring potential. My main thing is for a career, he doesn't even have a cup yet. Like regardless of, or a, I or think a cups win. and the uh, <laughs> sure. playoff series win. And don't get me wrong. I'm not a big fan of judging players by cups and championships. Cause sometimes I know there's a couple of players who have like six cups and they were just role players on a bunch of different teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but eh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, there I didn't want to drop names, but you know. Um, <laughs> so for me, it's like he he has to 
like I said, make it out of the playoffs, win a cup. There's at least three names I'm thinking of, and I'll let everyone finish before we get into specific names. But Shoot, I, I've got I can like think of seven. Okay, well, <laughs> I have the big three basically for American players for, for myself, at least that I think of. And so, are we including Brett Hall in this list because he is Canadian? Yeah. I mean, I'm he represents America, not. but he's Canadian. Yeah, he's Canadian. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I don't right. count Brett Hall in that. All right, but I mean, could he get there one day? Sure. Can he also, you know, not? Absolutely. Can he live in Toronto for the rest of his career? And, you know, Toronto is cursed, so nothing ever happens? Sure, that could happen too. Um, Talent-wise, I think he has the potential to do it. It's just a matter of can he build – can the team get it done? And how long is his career going to be? Because these he, guys played for forever. He ends up in Arizona for the 24-25 season. <laughs> He's from Scottsdale. I mean, I would love to see him play in Arizona. Imagine State the Coyotes right surviving their three year stint at Arizona State University, getting a get new Austin arena, Matthews. and being able to use him to headline that new arena. Oh, my goodness. Oh, they man. will throw every dollar they have at Austin Matthews in free agency in, t- in, in, in three years. 16 million, man. 16 yeah, million. They will max out it. that contract. Yes. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Oh, man. Why do you think they're so far below the cap floor right now? They're saving all their cap space for that <laughs> offseason. It's going to be Austin Matthews and a bunch of no-name guys from some no-name league across the pond that they're going to bring over to play with them. No, nah, they're just going to start Nick- taking on dead contracts again for draft picks. And just have a team yeah, of they already are. <laughs> they're going to have a first line of uh, Austin Matthews, Antoine Roussel, and Louis Erickson. So. Basically, yeah. Forty-three-year-old <laughs> Louis Erickson. I can't wait. And that's still going to be one of the most produ- the most productive lines in the NHL, just oh, off of no one joke. player yeah. alone. So, all right, James, let me get you in on this. What do you think? Do you, do you think that's stupid? Because I, I obviously think it's stupid. I saw the tweet pretty much when you did, Ryan. I was on Twitter that day for some reason. I don't remember why. It's a stupid decision to be on Twitter that much, but. <laughs> I, I, I saw it man. and I, I like I like silently laughed to myself and just thought no and kept scrolling. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I I actually went and ranted on on my own tweet about this. I mean, and I know that's the whole point of Sportsnet. They're trying to get people to come out and stuff like that. Yes. But I was like, I've said three names in particular that I was just like, he's nowhere close to any of these guys. Okay, obviously. Mike Madonna is the greatest American-born player in the history of the NHL. Bar none, into discussion right now. Currently, he is the best. All right? Now, the other guy, the other two names I put up there was Patrick Kane, who I think, and I put him first for a reason, because I put him first for a reason, because I didn't want people to view me as being uh, biased, because I think he does get there one day where he has the argument that he is the greatest American-born player of all time. And then I also put up Joe Mullen up there, too. I think all three of those guys are above above, uh, Austin Matthews. And then I even forgot a defenseman. I mean, what about Phil Housley, who's third on the list in points? And you've also got Brian Leach. And and I I haven't even gotten into goalies. So... Chilio, that's another one. That's so, I forgot someone tweeted that at me too. Is you know Chris Chilios is another one. So uh, I mean he's nowhere close, nowhere close in my opinion. So I, I, I just I just think it it was a, it was a stupid tweet, 
and Sportsnet got what they wanted out of me and me retweeting their, their tweet. So, but yeah, they did. And I, in, and uh, even talking about it on, on our podcast. Oh, and then, yeah, Ardell, that's a good point. Uh, uh, Ronick, Jeremy Ronick, I forgot about him too. That's, that's another guy that I would probably put above Austin Matthews as well. So Keith Kachuk's up there too. Yeah. See, there's so many names that I still think are way above Austin Matthews. Sorry. <laughs> Hey guys, it's Ryan here. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all of your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and much, much more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. I'm trying to keep a track of the Rangers right now and see if they can gain on the Astros in the AL West. They're pretty far down right now, but I'm excited to see what they can do, and I'll be keeping my eye on that. Best of all, DraftKings Sportsbook is also safe, secure, and reliable. You can also deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. (laughs) Okay, uh, enough about Austin Matthews because he already gets talked about enough in uh, the northern parts. So, okay, so let's get into more uh, specific Dallas Stars stuff. Okay, um, like I mentioned, David, uh, David, if I can speak, David Pagnota of the fourth period, he sent out a tweet uh, earlier uh, yesterday and it was talking about the Stars going after some potential top six wingers, maybe even a top six forward. So here's the, here's the tweet. Um, as I mentioned on NHL Network earlier this hour, the Dallas Stars want to add a top six winger this summer and primarily to play with Sagan and Ben. They'll explore both the trade and free agent markets. So both of those options are available, according to uh, David Pagnota. So that's really interesting. And my question to you guys is, who will that top six winger possibly be? And where will this winger come from? You know, via free agency or via trade? What do you What do you guys think? What are some names that may interest you? The, the name that Twitter liked was Forsberg, and you I'm know how much trade. money he's going to cost, though. That's well, going to be a happy nightmare like for Dallas. If they don't want to pay Klingberg north of seven million dollars for eight years, they're really not going to want to pay Forsberg eight and a half, nine million dollars for eight. For they may not want to pay pay Klingberg, but I would pay Forsberg. Forsberg I, I, yeah, you got hints coming next year though, and you still have to pay Ottinger and Robert Robertson. That's going to cost some headaches. Yeah, unless you're able to move on from, unless you're able to move Foxa, Hudobin, and probably another piece, then uh, who cap gets tight with, with with hints coming down the pipe. Eh, you know how I feel about that Fox the contract. So, oh, we hate the Fox <laughs> contract. It's fine. Trust we me. Yeah. Knows. <laughs> but uh, first off, to start off the, con- uh, the, the, there should be no. We're getting somebody to play with Ben and Sagan. Those two need to be on separate lines. I don't like having them on the same line. It's not. I think three Sagan. Years, it's not I think three ben, years ago. Yeah, 
Ben should be is a ben good third, center line the third line. Yeah. yeah. And and Sagan can still play that 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 second line role. Um a guy I like is Andre Burkowski out of Colorado. Um he's not he's not using the penalty kill. He's probably not the best power play guy, but the dude scores at even strength like nobody's business. Um and he's a guy that I would love to throw in the top six. You throw him on that second line on the right side of Sagan, have Gurionov on one end or something like that, and you've got a pretty solid, pretty solid line there. I'm looking up right now. He's the youngest, what I call high scoring. Yep. Un, uh, unrestricted free agent as well. Yeah, I'm, you I'm could you could give him a seven year deal, and I would not have any issues with the contract length. He's 27 right now and expired when he's 34 years old. Um, I would not have any issues giving him a long term contract this offseason. You know me. My rule is nothing past 35, so I'm 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 cool with 34. Unless it's Pavelski. So I'm sure. I'm sure you loved uh, the Ryan Suter contract then, right? Plus oh, with the oh yeah, I, 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 oh, I, I, don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. You're looking at the a big reason right there. One of the reasons right there why we aren't going to be able to resign Klingberg. True. So, I got a couple of names that I'm really interested in. Um, yep. One of the names that I'm actually really interested in is uh, oh, where did he go? Um, no, 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 no. Where'd he go? Oh, there he is. Okay, Andrew Kopp. So, uh, former Winnipeg Jet, he got traded to the Rangers, and I think he wants to stay in New York, but I haven't seen anything of you know him uh, re-signing with the New York Rangers. Uh, he had 21 goals, 32 assists, 53 points in 72 games this uh, this past season, and his cap hit was a 3.64 million. So, with the price range that the Stars are looking at, that's well within their price range. You know, four to five million, something like that. Especially if you go on the free agent market. Um, and he's actually twenty-seven as well. So, if you're looking at, you know, having to give him a seven-year contract to get him to come out here, you know, he'll he'll be thirty-four by the time he's done. So, I didn't think he was uh, too bad. Um, well, another one that kind of stuck. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. I... Go ahead through the list and we can pick them apart. Um, well, I had a, I had two more that I wanted to to get to. Um, another one, he's a little older. Well, actually, he's not that much older. I thought he was older. Um, is uh, Vincent Trocheck, but he's going to cost a little more than uh, Andrew Kopp is. So, uh, and he and he can play uh, the center or the wing. So he played both for uh, Carolina this past year. He had twenty one goals, thirty assists, fifty one points in eighty games. So very similar numbers to. Uh, to Andrew Kopp, but he's also very he's a very good two way forward, so he can play on both sides of the puck. He can also play on your uh, penalty kill, which hopefully gets better this year. But uh, we'll see. Um, I really wish we could get Andre Pilat, but that's not going to happen. He's going to cost too much money. But um, the the I think the next guy that I wanted to get, uh, if we're talking specifically unrestricted free agents, uh, was Nino Niederreier. So he was, again, similar numbers to both Trocek and the cop. Uh, 24 goals, 20 assists, 44 points, 75 games. And he had a cap hit of $5.25 million, but I don't think he's going to make more than $5 million uh, wherever he goes. I think that was a little bit of an overpayment by uh, Carolina and with that cap hit, Uh-oh. but I like all three of those guys. So... Um, so- at least in regards to Andrew Kopp, uh, looks like a uh, reporter for the New York Post is saying that both him and Ryan Strom will test for the free agent market. Um, there you go. And in My terms son. of his play style and his usage, he reminds me of a slightly worse Rope Hintz. The way he's used. He's used on the power play. He's used on the penalty kill. He's, he does very well at both of them. 
Um, very good on the PK, uh, can score at even strength. So I, I would have no issues pursuing Andrew Cobb. He got a Selkie voter too, it looks like. He what? But my, my, uh, he got a Selkie vote as well, it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. My, my concern with him is this is his first year above 40 points. Yep. Which, I mean, mind you, it, it was a big jump. It was up to 53. But, uh, and he doesn't look like he's played a full season the past four years. So there are some concerns there. I think he's going to come cheaper than some of these other options, but that is something to be aware of that he doesn't have a history of being a high end scorer, which if we're trying to save Ben and Sagan's career um, and often and get their offensive production back, I don't know how much you really want to be hitching your horse to someone like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see it happening. If we're looking for an affordable option, that may be all we're able to afford. But uh, cop, I, w- I would say wouldn't be my first choice, but I can definitely see it happening. And if it pans out and he continues to, you know, 50 points is kind of his new career average, I'm okay with that. But I think I got to look up Ben stats, but I want to say he wasn't many years ago too far off from 50 points and we weren't very happy with that. So I guess trying to understand what were our frame of references and what the expectations are would be helpful, but um, I'm fine with 50 points, just not at nine and a half million dollars. That's yeah, fine. that's, yeah, that's the point. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. If we're paying Andrew Cop six million dollars for 50 points, I can stomach that. I can live yeah. with that. But yeah, I see what the... you're saying. The 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 lack of longevity in his production is is definitely con- I'm not gonna say concerning, but something to to pay attention to. Yeah. yeah. He's definitely not the sexy pick, so that means Nil's probably gonna get him. <laughs> in this case i wouldn't be upset about that one I'm, as long as he's not paying claude Giroux eight million dollars for eight years or something like that right for so seven years. so here's the other thing though about uh what some stars fans are saying because they're afraid about this tweet because i i mean we have a decent amount of guys who could be a good fit on that second line yep um i, I mean you, you've got all th- the the big three prospects obviously i, I don't see Two of the three probably making the NHL. Wyatt Johnson is probably the most likely to make it. Um, but you've still got, assuming that, uh, you know, Sagan, or excuse me, Ben centers that third line, you've got you got one of the other wings. And, I mean, you've got all sorts of other players to fill those, to fill those possible roles, but there are none that are slam dunks. Let um, me ask you a question, Ryan. If the season started today, what does your top six look like? Assume Garyanov plays. Assuming Garyanov plays. Yeah, I'm just curious to kind of see who you would have on that wing because I, I agree um, with you. Well, for for me, obviously, the first line would be the right. the big three, obviously yep. the the new yep. big three, I guess we should call them. Right, and then it, <laughs> and then it should be and what I think what I hope will happen it will be uh it'll be Sagan uh, Johnson and Garrett Yanov, and that's what I think my second line would probably be. Okay. Um, I'm hoping we re-sign Nemesnikov because I think he could be a, a fill-in option in case Garyanov or Johnson doesn't work. Mm-hmm. But uh, but again, there's too many questions with both Johnson and uh, and Garyanov. There's there's no promise that they're going to get to the 50 point mark like we need them to. Sagan will get there. I mean, I th- I feel fairly confident in saying he can get to 20 goals, 50 points, which is probably what we need from him at this point as a second line center. But you don't have another guy who is a complete slam dunk that you know is going to score 20 goals and that you know is going to get 50 points. 
So yeah. I, I think that's somebody that they need, and that's exactly why I pointed all three of those guys out. All three of those guys, above 50 points, above 20 goals. Yeah, so and, I, and, I really think that's what they're looking for. And the other thing that points me towards us going and getting somebody instead of just letting someone else from our highly stacked prospect pool fill in is that Pavelski signed a one-year contract and took a pay cut. Th- that kind of tells me that we're still trying to win They're now. going for it. Yeah, we're yeah. not we're not trying to retool and see who's going to slot in where in the future. It's they're still trying to they're still trying to win right now. So that that makes that makes it very likely that we're going to pick someone up who can score some goals on that second line. So Stars fans may not like it, but that that's what's going to happen. <laughs> well, and the I, the only other guy that we haven't mentioned, and Ardell reminded me. Thank you, Ardell. He's over here in the comment section reminding me. Yep. Um, I mean, and Peterson is another one of those guys who is a dart but it's not proven and yep. it, some of it is not is not his fault he didn't get a ton of playing time last year and he still was like fifth or sixth in the stars and goals 12 goals is rookie year that's, yeah it's a good building block if you can build off of that uh I, i'm confident in him but i want to see it happen more than one season before i'm throwing in my top six i love him he, he, he had 17 points total that, yeah exactly point. he had 12 like, goals he had 17 points so i, I want to see yeah. him produce more Overall, um, I think the goal scoring is there, or I think the goal score he showed that the goal scoring could be there. He's just got to build on it. My issue is that just we're in a weird spot. My, I would prefer if we just once again, this kind of goes into what we were discussing on my interview, Ryan. But in my opinion, our our prospect pool and the amount of youth that we have, I am cool with it's not even a rebuild, it's more of a retool. And just giving those young players a chance to come into their own and really the youth being the future of the team. But I, the, the management and the front office definitely do not want to go through that. I think um, you had an interview with Saad Yusuf. I think he hit it nail on the head. The front office refuses to become um, irrelevant. It, exactly. Really? No, 100%. And that's the risk. And so even though I think it would be in the long-term championship potential uh, best interest for the stars to do that and give those guys the chances and the opportunities to make an impact in the league. I think it makes more sense to at least for the next three years until we can get out of, and, and I know people are talking about bias, things like that, but realistically you're dealing with Ben's cap hit in one way or another for at least the next three years. Great um, so, erotic fox. Uh. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> See, I may be, I may so. be on the uh, the minority of this, but I really want to keep Fox up. Oh my goodness, I really Ryan! I hate Fox you. Is he is contract for what I he produces? Know, though, how much is he getting paid, Ryan? I know he, he's only making three point two five, but oh, it sucks. Only I know, only, I, I know, it. but I he's it. not well, the problem. It's Ben, and and then wow. so and then Fox is going to get the chopping block because Ben can't produce. That's just that's just only right. one of those contracts is movable, right? Now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and and that's totally fair, but that's just me. Yeah. But anyways, um. The only other thing I wanted to mention was uh, the fact that it, I was also kind of surprised that they would go after a top six forward because they've talked about uh, with Klingberg leaving, and it's been 100%, you know, he is leaving now. I think it was uh, Frank Saravelli who tweeted about it today. He's definitely he said he will, he will test the free agent market on July 13th. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need another right-handed defenseman. 
All and uh, let me let me throw a couple out there for you. And I, I, there's a really obvious pick for me. There's three. Uh, two have been rumored. One has been not. And well, actually, I'll do I'll do four. Let's do four. Um, there's four defensemen that I've uh, two that have been rumored with connection to the Stars. Two that are not. First one, obviously, is Brent Burns. He's been connected to the Stars and trade rumors a little bit. So old. He's so old, and he's got an eight over eight million dollar cap hit. You've also got Jeff Petrie, who is also a right-handed defenseman. He has a $6.25 million cap hit. And I would be okay with that one if they did 50% retention, which is the most you can do. So that would make it like $3 million. I'll take Hab- that. Habs fans are the craziest people on the planet. They think we're giving a Maverick Borker a first-round pick for Jeff freaking Petrie. Some, some of the stuff that I see on Twitter, like, those guys are hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> like, I respect the fact that you want to have hope in your, fan, hope in your team, but if, the, if Jim Nill trades Maverick Bork for Jeff Petrie, I'm going to cry into my pillow every single night for the next year. Like it's, it's just not. I, I will not be well. I will be mentally unhappy. No, we won't. I won't even cry in my pillow. I'll just, I'll just go grab my pitchfork and y'all can join me and we'll, we'll march our way to the Carolina, American Airlines Center. Will, yeah. <laughs> yes. I, w- I would be right behind you. Well, and then uh, the other two guys I, I've mentioned uh, that I'm going to mention are restricted free agents, so we would have to trade for their rights. First one is Ethan Bear, um, and I think he would be a, a decent option. He did not have a good year with Carolina. He wasn't even playing on their team in the playoffs. He was like the seventh or eighth defenseman. And then the fourth guy is a controversial figure, uh, Tony D'Angelo. So he's another guy who is a restricted free agent. So um, if you had to pick one of those four guys, pick one that you want, and then pick one that you think is most likely to happen. So. Who wants to go first? Shoot, I'll go first. Uh, All right. Tony D'Angelo. Tony D'Angelo should be the top of the list. I understand controversy. I mean, controversy aside, the dude can flat out play hockey Um, from from, from the right defensive spot. He's a guy you plug into your top pair on day one. Watching Mm -hmm. a pair with him and if we can move Haskinen back to the left side, having those two guys together would, would be absolutely filthy from an offensive, from an offense perspective. Um, Defensively, he's uh, let me check. Defensively, he's not atrocious either. But you got Haskinen playing with you. Um, I think that a lot of because defensively he's not phenomenal, but you got Haskinen with him. But um, I think a lot of the stuff that went on with him in New York, I, I, obviously, I think that there's some of the stuff that came out was true about. This. I mean, how he obviously punched his goalie and all that kind of stuff. That's 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 not a good look. But I think a lot of the stuff that happened with him was a bit overblown um, by by fans, by the media, by everything. I think you kind of have to take a little bit of it with a grain of salt. Obviously, it's not a fantastic look, but he's been quiet for the last you know year and a half. He had a good year in Carolina, no issues. I mean, I live out here, didn't hear anything bad about him out here. Canes fans were upset about it when, they, when, when he was signed, but really came around to love him um, once the season began. So I, I have no issues with the Stars going after D'Angelo. Um, he would be a good short and long-term solution on the right side of their blue line. And He's still pretty uh, young. Exactly. He's 20. I think he's 26 right now. So you could sign him to a five, six, seven year contract and I wouldn't bat an eye on it. Um, Who I think is most realistic that we get. I think Neil does something stupid against Jeff Petrie. I really do. I I really do. And I'm praying. I'm hoping and praying that he gives up no more than a second round pick and is able to get retention. He won't do it because the Habs won't accept it. But I, I just have this terrible feeling in my stomach that Jeff Petrie is going to be in Dallas by, by the start of the year. Yeah. Yeah. I oh god, Chris. 
Okay, I'm just going to get my most likely. I think it's going to be Brett Burns. I think they're just going to be oh, like, oh, I hate he, you. he played with Pavelski. It's going to be just like the Sharks. He's got a ranch in Texas somewhere, too. So you yeah, know I, think he, that's what I was going to say. He has some connection to Texas, too. So I think he played on a as well. Yeah, I he think, did. I, mm, yeah. San Jose. And he's a big guy. And I'm he's old hockey. He's a big guy. <laughs> yeah, old hockey <laughs> deal is going to say, hey, he's a big guy to help him. So I think that's the most likely. I will say, if we're getting both for the same price, if Montreal and San Jose are retaining both, and we're we're only paying five million for Burns or five million for Petri, give me Burns. I don't care if he's older. I'd rather have Burns for three years than Petri for three years. Okay. They're they're both they're both old. We're paying both of them the same amount. <laughs> I mean, give me. You're give asking me, me whether I get shot in the foot or shot in the leg here. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> pick your poison, kind of thing. I mean, it hurts, but. Ardell makes a good point. I mean, we got we we don't have size. I mean, we got bullied. Uh, we got bullied against Calgary. Um, Hakapa's a big guy, but at times he didn't really play like it. So I think Burns would be at least provide size, and it would make I me hate my life a little work. bit less. But oh man, <laughs> just both those guys are not. Just don't do Wait. it, please. Calgary's definitely has size. No, never mind. I, yeah. I, 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 we don't need to talk about reloop the playoffs. But <laughs> I think we got bullied by Calgary for different reasons than size, personally. But yep. Oh, we did, sure. but they yeah. Shot a lot. For, yeah. For, for, for me, I think... Ottinger got bullied by Calgary, all right? Yeah. No, I don't think he got bullied. I think he, bull- I think he bullied uh, the Calgary Flames. And the, not wrong. And this, not the rest wrong. of the team just kind of to took it. Um, I would say most likely... I agree. I think Petri is the most likely. I. It, it's no longer seeing smoke. You, you see a fire. Um, I. I think it's most likely, especially now that Klingberg is gone. I think it's just a matter of Nil trying to get the best deal he can. Um, I think Petri is going to be a Dallas star, as much as it pains me to say. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's two defenseman contracts. I'm not happy about. It's going to be Suter and Petri. It's going to be the old folks home. But you know. Toss them on a pair together. Let Hiskinen play with Lindell, I guess. Uh, I know they're two lefties. I really don't care. But If I did uh, all this draft research for Dallas and they trade away their pick for Jeff Petrie, I might actually go fight somebody. It's <laughs> <laughs> going to make me depressed. I will be depression. Who would I uh, want, though, to Josh's point? On a skill-based level, Tony D'Angelo is the way to go. It's just a matter of... I'm not going to lie. I... Don't know all the details of Tony D'Angelo. I, I remember whenever he signed, I literally had to message the group, and I was like, so what all did he actually do? Um, I don't know all the details. I know he's not apparently the best person in the world, but the league has already decided he's going to play, and the Stars have signed Sean Avery before. Hey, the Stars have signed. Don't talk, bad about don't talk bad about Sean Avery. He's an angel. Oh, I'll, I'll, talk, I'll talk bad about Sean Avery all I want. St. Avery. <laughs> The, the stars, I mean, my point being, let's not pretend the stars have only signed Saints. Uh, right. Yeah. So if he's going to help us win and we're going for a cup, would I rather – I like Ethan Bear too. I, I think Ethan I do Bear, like Bear. Is, is criminally underrated. Yes. But um, I would say he's my second for guys I prefer. I'd be okay with both of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony D'Angelo, I think, is just going to be cheaper because – Teams are afraid of the publicity. 
Um, Think of the content on our page, though, if he signs with Dallas. Oh, my gosh. It'd be so much fun. Oh, my God. Read through comments and everything like that. How much trolling I'll be able to do this next year. It's going to be fantastic. Getting chills just thinking about it. It'd be so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) You know I love stirring the pot a little bit. I'd have too much fun with that one. (laughs) All right, James, your turn. What what do you think? What do you want and who's most likely? I've told you this time over and time again, Ryan. I've tweeted it. I don't really care who we get as long as Miro gets to play on his strong side next season. I don't want Miro to get stuck back on the right side again. That would suck. So the thing with, I mean, I I 100% agree with you. Um, I think we need two right defensemen for that one to happen, though, if I had to guess. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, Let's just play Hamley on the right side. It'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Fair enough. Joe no, Hanley, uh, top two defensemen. <laughs> yep. Let's do it. Pair with Hayes, and see what happens. Well, okay. So, uh, here's here's my thing: is uh, who's most likely? I think it'll be Jeff Petrie. I do, because um, I don't think. Eh, I know Sam's like. Ugh. You're not making me feel better about but, this. I, mean, I, was, I was hoping you'd talk me off the ledge. I, and you're I not know. Doing I know. It. I'm sorry. But the and maybe I'm being more optimistic than than some of you guys because y'all are all meh. But uh, who do I want? I would want Tony D'Angelo, but I don't think it's likely that we trade for him. Um, uh, and then same thing with Ethan Bear. I don't think it's likely we trade for him either. So here's what uh, here's my thinking. I think Jeff Petrie is the best fit. That's the, that's just what I think. And the the thing is, is that with Tony D'Angelo, he's an, he's more offensively inclined, right? Mm-hmm. What, what I really think is, I think we need another older guy who can play with Miro, who can unlock the potential that Miro has. We haven't seen Miro, you know, beast mode Miro. We haven't seen it yet. We saw it for glimpses, his very, his rookie season, and that was about it. Since then, he's been told defense, 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 defense. And that can be Jeff Petrie's role. That's what Jeff Petrie can do. And then Miro can go, 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 offense, 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 offense. And that's what we need him to do. So I, I know that he, I don't know. That's just my thought process. And I think that Jeff Petrie is the best fit. I know he's old. I know his cap hit. But if we can get it for under, like, you know, I'd say around 4.5, I would be really, really excited about that. That's my opinion. If we trade for his full contract, I'll be pissed because I'd rather just pay uh, Kleinberg eight million dollars rather than spend six point two five for Jeff Petrie, yep. who's thirty four years old. That's yeah, that's if me. If you're paying six point two five for Petrie, shell out the extra million and pay Klingberg. I mean, pay him till he's thirty seven. Whatever, I wouldn't do right. it. But you know, um, and reports yeah. out of Montreal is that Kent Hughes does not want to retain salary on on Petrie. So well, no, screw no. Kent Hughes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> whether he wants to or not, it may change. But um, just reading some reports doesn't sound like he wants to retain any kind of salary. I guess my biggest issue with Petri is he went from 42 points to 27 points this year. Josh knows I 35 is the kiss of death with hockey players, forwards and defensemen. I mean, exemption get, is Joe Pavelski. Yes, you get you get a unicorn, but <laughs> in general, the aging curve goes like this: you start seeing decline right around 25, declines, and then 25 is a drop off. 30, yep. 35? Sorry, yes, 35. It's a, it's, like, it's a geez, 25 is an issue. Um, yeah, a big yeah. issue. <laughs> and then, well, t- 25 is generally the modern-day peak. It used to be around 27, but as players are getting in the league earlier, 25 is generally considered the peak now. 
and then you hit the aging curve. And he right. went from 42 points to 27 this past year, which to me is a big red flag. He's already approaching that massive drop off of 35. So I know, but at the same time, he played on the team that's getting the first overall pick tomorrow. And he also played for a really crappy coach at the beginning of the season, <laughs> Dominic Ducharme. I mean, and uh, when when Martin St. Louis came in, he played a lot better. So that that I, I really think he could be a good top two fill in uh, with with Klingberg going to free agency. But okay, we're getting we're, it's getting late here, guys, and it's already past midnight for Josh. So let's, so let's just go ahead and move on. I'm wide um, awake. Don't worry about me. We're we're chilling. <laughs> he's just like I'm used to it. I'm I'm not that old yet. I'll just sleep at work tomorrow. I'm fine. I, I, I keep saying that to myself all the time. I was like, I'm not old yet. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's get into uh, what we originally brought Josh and Sam on here for, because they're a lot more well-versed in uh, the NHL draft than it comes uh, to me, Chris, or James. So uh, first question I want to ask you guys is there's this big uh, big thing about who's going to go number one overall. Um, it's between – it seemed like Shane Wright was going to be the number one overall pick for you know almost three years now since he, he got – he was granted exceptional status – and was allowed to come into the OHL early. Um, but now there's this kid named Yorov Slavkovsky, who I believe is playing in uh, Slovakia right now. Mm-hmm. And there have been, it's just in this past week, there have been more people putting him first overall rather than Shane Wright. And I just want to get uh, y'all's thoughts about what you think. Uh, who is going to go first overall t- uh, tomorrow evening when, uh, when we're doing that live stream? Um, you can go first. I, I, I'm very opinionated, so I'd rather get the uh, the, the more objective one. Uh, hot take here. Who, who will go first? Shane Wright. Yes. Who okay. should go first? Logan Cooley. Real? Yeah. Oh, okay. I wasn't yeah, even yeah. Kidding. I thought Cooley was a kind of a... He'll, he'll uh, go He'll go three to Arizona. It'll, it'll be Wright, Slavkovsky, and then Cooley. But I like Cooley better than the other two. Wait, just okay, that's true, Yeah, I... Josh kind of stole my thunder over here, but yeah. <laughs> I like um, I gave you the option first. <laughs> I that's just true. Sh- Shane Wright's gonna go first. I I'm I'm about 95% certain of that. Slavkowski made a late season push. I'm not a fan of Slavkowski, if I'm being completely honest with you. Um I have him on my personal board. I think he ended up right at he is the, the, there's someone like this every draft where they're a big guy, they capably, and they're gonna go high. Last uh, a couple years ago, it was Kirby Doc, then it was Michael Rasmussen, the the Gabe Velarde is another one. It's all these big guys who everyone is like, oh, what could they be? They, they could be the next Malkin. And, and none of those guys have really panned out all that well. No, if you have me. really wrong. Maybe Velarde. Velarde's been pretty By, decent. Uh, but especially Kirby uh, Doc has not been very good. Uh, Byfield was the one I was trying to think of the year before. Oh, Byfield, so, yeah. That's yeah. yeah. He and he's another one that's kind of I wouldn't say he's a bust yet because he's still young, but yeah. Oh yeah, no, he he's definitely not a bust. He's got time. It's just a matter of I'm just kind of burnt out on the oh, they're six five and they can skate at a slightly above average level, but the rest of their toolkit is average at best. So mm-hmm. for me, Slavkowski is not, like I said, he's still in my top 10 because sure, is there a chance? 
Possibly, but yeah. I, I I have quite a few guys who I like significantly more. Shane Wright, I, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with Josh that I like the dynamic gameplay that Cooley presents. Shane Wright is much more... He's very similar to uh, Lexus uh, Lafreniere from a couple years ago, where he is a very cerebral thinker. He has an upper gear that he can utilize, but you don't always see it, which concerns me. Whenever I watched him, I honestly felt like I was watching Lexus Lafreniere over again. So I have some concerns. I think he has some of the highest potential. I just, for, for what they are right now and what I think they can be, for me, Cooley is, I consider him the safer pick even. I think his upside is just as high. And I think he presents a more energetic game. And to me, that's more projectable than saying, oh, I think he's just not challenged enough. So he doesn't need to try hard the entire time. To me, that's more of a concern. So uh, Shane Wright should go first. I, I think he will go first. Slavkovsky is the latest shiny toy that the national media just loves to hype up because he's 6'5 and can skate. But I will say if uh, if Montreal does kind of surprise me and go with Slavkovsky at number one, I think there's a very real shot that Shane Wright falls to Arizona at three. I don't see New Jersey taking a center. Mm-hmm. Um, they have good center depth. I mean, if I'm New Jersey and Shane Wright is still on the board at two, I'm trading out of that pick. I'm getting an absolute haul for somebody that is in love with Shane Wright to come up and take that pick from me. I will trade down with Columbus at six and take their other first round pick or something like that. Like I'm not, if I'm, if I'm, I just, I don't see, I don't see Cooley. I don't see Wright going to, if they stay at number two, it's going to be real interesting to see who New Jersey goes with. I think you could see one of the defensemen sneak up in the number two spot. If Slavkovsky makes it uh, up to the, if he goes number one in Montreal. It would be interesting because the Canadians Mm -hmm. have shown that they are, sorry, uh, yeah, it is Montreal who took yep. – uh, didn't did they take Kotkaniemi not too many years ago? Yep. Yeah, they, he's now in Carolina. They'll go off the board for a guy they really mm-hmm. like. So if they love Slavkovsky, then he's going number one. But yeah, I when, – whenever someone is a consensus number one as long as Wright has been, it, it, it's just the social pressure is very difficult for them to say, oh, never mind, we're going to go with someone else. So Right. Yeah. Especially in Montreal, too. I mean, you got that home crowd. If if you don't pick Shane Wright, I think you may have some people really kind of scratching their heads in the crowd. Yeah, yep. agreed. So, well, Chris and James, let me ask you guys this, just as a philosophical question, because uh, the, the, an argument between um, a lot of people are: Do you draft based off of what your organization needs, your team needs? Or do you just take the best player that's available regardless of what you actually need? Um, Chris, what do you think? I was literally about to ask that question. (laughs) But the the answer that is obvious in my brain is you just pick the best guy, and if you don't need him, then you move other pieces around. But I I am not the expert on that. So (laughs) James, pass that to Josh and Sam. James, James, what do you think about that? Would you rather just take the best player available or do you draft based off of what you think the team needs? I mean, I think you do based off of what the team needs, honestly. I mean, you got to – 
I mean, earlier in the draft, you probably pick the better players. So, like, you're talking your first and second rounders. You're probably picking the best player that you can get. But after that, I, I feel like you should really just be picking more for what your organization needs. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair, too. I, I, I agree with you. I, I really don't think there's a wrong answer. It, I, was about to say, it, I it, think it's American it's both. Just, yeah, it, it's just a philosophical you know, I mean, I guess you could go and, you know, look historically. Well, these teams have won more Stanley Cups, and this is how they drafted. And that would take forever and forever. But, I mean, the thing is, is the, it, it just depends on the, the organization and what the scouts believe and what the GM believes. So, um, if it was me, I would just take the best player available regardless of, you know, what I what I want, what I think I need. Um, specifically for the Stars, I think the their biggest draft need right now is obviously their their defensive depth and their goaltending depth at the prospect level are much lower than their forwards. And I think that's pretty obvious uh, considering we've seen the big three kind of pop up in the, uh, the junior leagues up there. But um, so uh, Josh and Sam, let me ask you guys what you think will happen with the stars. First overall pick. Uh, well, the first overall pick, the, the their first round pick. <laughs> they get the first God, overall pick. I'm real curious to see who they give up for. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, exactly. We'd, we'd probably be trading uh, Jason Robertson and Jay Cottinger for that first overall pick. Um, but but um, I believe we have the 18th overall pick. Is that correct? Yep. So, mm-hmm. so realistically, who do you think the Stars uh, fans, the Stars media could be seeing as their first round pick for 2022? Like, realistically. Well, to quickly touch on the whole need versus best player available thing, I think it, if in the first round, I think like 98% of the time you go best player available. I think the New Jersey Devils are a good example of a time you don't because they have two very young players in Nico Heashier and Jack Hughes down the middle already. If you draft Shane, if you draft Shane Ryder, Logan Cooley, one of those guys is playing third line minutes at this point because they're just true centers. That's, that's, that's like the one circumstance where it's like, all right, it may make sense to go with somebody that could impact us, you know, in other positions. Anyway, sorry, tangent. I just had to get it off my chest. That's okay. um, Sam, any thoughts on 18? I'll let you kind of take the, the, the um, first shot of that one. And just bouncing off yours, people also have to, uh, before we get into the stars, but before, people also have to realize that the NHL, they're drafting at 18. Like, think of the NFL draft, how much older those players are. Mm-hmm. And... So for me, I, I take best available. Yeah. Once you get to the later rounds yep. where the success rate is almost no different between a fourth round pick, fifth round, sixth, sixth round pick, seventh round pick, um, you 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 take you take need, like just try to balance out your prospect pool. But in the first round, I take best player available. Yep. Um, and who would I want the stars to take? Um Ardell kind of hit the nail on the head. My favorite player who I think is going to fall significantly this year. I'm kicking him around between four and five on my personal board, but I've seen him anywhere from 25 out of the first round. Uh, Brad Lambert, the the dude dynamic skater, great hands uh, can work on his playmaking a little bit. He has a pretty good shot. He's just absolutely dynamic from start to finish. I think he's going to be a lot like uh, Achirati from this past draft where he just wasn't on a good team. Um, We always talk about Klingberg not unlocking his potential. The team he was on at the start of the year versus the team he was on at the end of the year massively changed his 
just how he played the game. And I think he's going to fall significantly for it. The talk around him is that he significantly underperformed uh, this year, while at the start of the year he was considered a top five pick. So if he falls, like I think it's a um, high likelihood that he will. I don't know if he's going to fall all the way to 18 because he is such a dynamic player and skater. But if he does, I, I would be ecstatic if the Stars take a swing. Again, I shoot for upside. All of my picks are based off of upside. I would be ecstatic if you take Brad Lambert. Um, another guy I think is more likely to be available in our range. Um, Josh, I'm going to let you talk about Matichuk, but I like Matichuk. He um, Frank Frank Nasser is kind of at the top of my wish list. I think he's a he's a smaller guy. He's a five ten center and wing, but he's a fantastic puck carrier. I think. Eventually, if we need him on the wings, we can toss him out there. But he's extremely, extremely capable of carrying the puck up on his own. Um, and just his shooting is fantastic. He puts up points. Um, defensively, he's just a pest. It, it was funny. I, I was messaging Josh about a uh, defensive prospect today. And I was just like, dude, Frank Nasser is all over the defensive zone. He, for someone who's only 5'10", like, yes, I realize he's going to have physical limitations in terms of what he can do defensively, but uh, he, he, he was all over the place. I, I, I really like what I saw out of Frank Nasser, and he's someone who I see consistently projected around 15 to 20. If he's available, I'll, I, I would be skipping to the podium as well for him as well. Uh, but uh, Josh, I'll, I'll let you go ahead and take some of the other ones. Uh. I, I don't mind Lambert. I'm not as high on Lambert as you are. Um, most of, I mean, I haven't been able to watch a ton on him, but just kind of doing some of the tracking on uh, from from Will Scout, who does a lot of, you know, he does a lot of the overseas, watches a lot of overseas players and everything like that. He's he's bottom left quadrant in most offensive categories. And I understand he's playing on a bad team and everything like that, but his offense is really kind of lacking this year, um, really kind of fell off and, Defensively, he's not phenomenal. Um, he's he his his transition numbers look pretty solid, um, and I'm curious to see what he looks like if he's playing on a better team. Um, but he has the individual tools. He has the skating. He has. I mean, he he, he can pass. He can shoot. It's just it's, things weren't entirely clicking for him at, at at all times this year, and I had my concerns there. I like him, um, and I wouldn't be upset if we drafted him. He's not a he's not on my you know stay away from list or anything like that. Um, but like I said, I'm not quite as high on him. I honestly, I, I, I do agree. He does fall. And I think honestly, I think 18 is about 18 to 20 is about where I see him going. Um, so I think, right. Yeah. At the stars pick, I think that's about where I could see him getting picked anyway. So I don't, I wouldn't hate the pick. Um, he, Sam touched on one of my favorite prospects for, for Dallas and that's Denton Matichuk. Um, the dude is, his his motor is un unbelievable. I mean, the dude plays aggressive in both the offensive and defensive end to a fault. I mean, he'll be over aggressive. He 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 can he can make some some pretty poor passes, some pretty poor decisions. But you get him in the offensive end. I mean, the dude will be behind the net and at the blue line inside of about a second and a half. The dude is always skating. Um, he drives opposing defenses insane. He's he he's he's involved in the play both in the defensive end, the offensive end, and in and in the neutral zone. Um, his transition game solid. He can pass. He can shoot. Um, Matichuk is. Matichuk's Canadian, so he he doesn't have that Russian factor. Factor Pavel Minchukov is the Russian that is kind of talked about in tandem with him. 
I think Mitchukov is going to go before him. Um, I think Mitchukov is probably going to be 11, 12, 13. I don't think Matichuk gets to us at 18, but if he's there, I would love to see him play. He's a left defenseman, so um, he, but he, he he's played predominantly on the right side the last two or three years, so he has he has experience playing on the right side of the blue line. Uh, and again, like Sam said earlier, though, I think you go best player available, not necessarily need at that point, but I think that he he ticks both those boxes there. Um, another guy that both me and Sam like, and somebody that should not be on the board at 18, but is because of his size is Lane Hudson. Um, if Lane, oh, yeah, Lane Hudson is another one, five man. foot eight, I I think he's 160 man. pounds. If he's two inches taller, he is likely the first left defenseman off the board. You're talking about him as a fringe top five, a fringe top eight pick. Um, I, if, if, if he's three inches taller, I'm considering him with number one. So like, that's he, how much he, I like him. So. He's, he's Kale McCarr, but shorter. I mean, that's, that's really the, the comparison I have for him right now. Am I saying he's going to be Kale, Kale McCarr? No, but the the play style is, is is very identical to what McCarr is doing in Colorado. And if you listen to reports that have come out, Sam didn't know about this. I didn't know about this. His endocrinologist, which is apparently a bone doctor, um, said that his bone age, which is apparently how fast you grow, his, his that age is actually delayed behind his biological age, meaning he still has – another year or two of growth in him before he is quote unquote fully grown. And if that's the case, you're getting a five foot 10, five foot 11 defenseman um, by the time he gets to the NHL and you're getting a guy that plays a very similar style of Kale McCarr can shoot, can pass, can score all that. stuff. I mean, that's at 18. Uh, whew, whew. He's like, honestly, I think he's likely to fall to the back end of the first round because of his size. He's going second that round. Just He'll go second unreal. round. Unreal. Um, whoever gets him in the second round at the end of the first round is getting a steal at that point. <clears throat> I, 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 I think he could uh, very potentially be another case, just like Debrinkit was, where he's going to fall into the second round, and then uh, people are going to ask, "Oh, why do people people pass him?" And it's like because he was five eight and a defenseman, <laughs> and those people just don't work in the NHL. Uh, Ardell, it was funny you you mentioned Honka in the chat. Whenever you, yeah. Sam made that uh, that comparison earlier, <laughs> Matichuk, I I enjoy watching him, but there's a couple of clips from uh, when Honka was in the age where he was just dancing around people, and for the longest time I was a big fan of Honka. Actually, he was one of the first players I got into uh, scouting, and he was one of the first people I saw him. Very similar play style, and my concerns with Matichuk, Josh likes Matichuk more than I do personally, and. He, he's dynamic right now. It's just a matter of I don't know if he's going to be able to do what he does at such a high level at the next level because he doesn't have, in my opinion, an elite top-end gear. He, he's shifty and he's quick, but he's not fast. And so getting around defenders like he does, I think he's going to struggle at the next level. But, again, these, these kids are 18. You're, you're, you're drafting based off of potential, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And it's better to shoot high and miss than uh, not shoot at all, I guess, is how right. I look at it. So, If you're looking for an exciting prospect, that, or an exciting offensive prospect that doesn't really play a lick of defense, Isaac Howard's your guy. And he, I love Isaac Howard. All the dude does <laughs> is score. He can't play defense to save his life. But the dude scores in bunches. He's a play. I mean, he can, he can do it all on the offensive end. I think, I think his offensive, I think his offensive, uh, his offensive mind is one of the best in the draft. 
um, from a scoring and from a playmaking perspective. I I love Isaac Howard. He can actually he skates pretty well too. He's not a he's not a he's not one of these Arthur Kaliev's that I, that I absolutely love that can shoot it from anywhere on the ice, but may have issues skating. Like he can skate, he can score, he can pass. He's a great playmaker. Just don't expect him to play any kind of defense whatsoever. He's a Leon Drysaddle type player. Um, yep. I mean, I mean, if he can if he can put up at some point in his career, if he can put up 65 to 70 points a season, I got no issues if he doesn't play defense. I could not care less at that point. Like, <laughs> I, if, if we draft Isaac Howard, I will worry about defense at a later point in time. But I, I, I'm just looking at the offense that he could bring to the table, and I would love it. And he plays on the wings, too. So you get a winger for Johnston or for Bork or for – I think Stakeover will move to the wing as well when he gets to the NHL level. But – you get him on the wing for Hints, Johnston, Bork, somebody like that, and just let him shoot or let him pass. And, oh my lord! Let him pass. His, his passing is unreal. Yeah. So, so I, someone um, mentioned Gurionov, but he's he's definitely a passer. And yeah, he, yeah. He, he he can score, but his passing is what I. Really he's think. he's not the sniper. He can score, but he he's not he's not picking his corners from from the from the do, from from the top of the circle or anything like that. But yeah. you let him start playmaking in the zone for put him on like Robertson or Hints or somebody. Oh, that's that's every hockey play. That's every hockey fan's dream. So l- let me ask you guys about this because I don't think this is outside the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. With the fact that they could trade the 18th overall pick. Okay? Don't do that to me. I'm now, happy. <laughs> I know we just do it all the time talking about it. But, but here's the here's the thing that gets me excited about it though is because Nil has done it before. Yeah. He did it literally just last year, I believe. He and he traded. What was it? The it was a 15th overall pick in 2021. He traded to Detroit, and he got the 23rd pick, the 48th pick, and the 138th pick. So he turned one into three. Here's how. Here's the three picks that we got out of that. Jack Barr, he's been okay. He's he's developing, but he's you know maybe AHL. Artem Grushnikov, who we've heard a lot about mm-hmm. being really really good. I like him. And Wyatt Johnston. Yep. So we traded the 15th overall pick and we got three. We got an extra guy, in my opinion, who could possibly make the NHL in Greshnikov. Plus, we got a number one, you know, top three guy possibly in Wyatt Johnston. And we all we did was we went down, what, how many is that? Seven spots down? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we could see something like that and it could be to the stars' uh, benefit. Now, I just wanted. To, I thought this was hilarious because I I pointed this out. I was looking through the prospects. There is literally in this prospect pool a Elias Pettersson who plays defense by name. Elias Pettersson, yes. And <laughs> there is another. And get this. There's another Jack Hughes. Yep. There's Sorry, another Jack Hughes. If he doesn't Wouldn't go to New be, Jersey, that's a crime. He has to go to New Jersey. Like yeah. he has to go to New Jersey. Yep. That's where he has to go. <laughs> but. Uh, Anyways, uh, the, the draft picks that the Stars have for this uh, 2022 NHL draft, you can watch it on ESPN Plus, or you can even listen to it on uh, the ticket. I believe uh, Owen and Bruce are going to be on the call there. But the Stars have the 18th overall pick in the first round, 50th in the second, 83rd in the third, 115th in the fourth, 147th in the fifth, and 179th in the sixth. So the only pick they don't have in this draft is the seventh round pick. So, and I believe that's a, the the pick that they traded to Buffalo to get rid of Ben Bishop's contract. Yep. So, uh, so hopefully, maybe we'll see more than six if we if we trade down. But uh, we'll we'll see what the stars do at the uh, 2022 NHL draft tomorrow. 
Um, I do want to let you guys know as we're wrapping it up here, uh, Josh is going to be doing a live stream that Sam and I will both be uh, joining. So uh, that's going to be on his Twitch channel. I'll, ma I'll make sure to kind of put out the uh, information to where you could watch that. And we'll start like what, five, ten minutes before Josh? Yeah, draft is at seven o'clock. Might so it'll be six o'clock central, it'll be seven o'clock eastern. Um, I'm probably going to hop online about a quarter till um, and probably get things rolling five minutes, five, ten till. Um, the draft, talk a little bit um, kind of about what's going on with the draft. And then we'll go through pick by pick and uh, give, you know, short, quick analysis on one, whether we like the pick for the team, what we think of the player, things like that. And we'll also be doing, uh, you know, as, as the night goes on, we'll be doing, you know, live Q&A. So if you guys have mm -hmm. any questions or anything like that, feel free to hop in, ask them. Uh, myself, Ryan and Sam will do whatever we can to, you know, answer those questions for you and just kind of hang out. I mean, it's just it's supposed to be fun. Um, obviously, for copyright reasons, I won't be showing the draft. It'll just be us three kind of reacting to it, so you will have to watch it on another device. But uh, I will have it pulled up on my second monitor, and we'll just just kind of hang out and go through it pick by pick. So, yep, it'll be a blast. It'll yep. be a good time. Yeah, and to fun. reference your 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 trading portion for the stars, if they trade down in the first round, totally fine with that. My issue is them trading where they pick all together. I that's I, yeah, that's I, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. I was going to ask. Go ahead, sorry. I, I feel like trading down is normally like an indication that that GM doesn't feel like this draft class is. As strong is that kind of an accurate statement? So you're trying to get agree. more chances instead yeah. of going for one specific guy. Yeah, if, if the the more quantity you have, the better shot you have at hitting on somebody at that point. If it's not a particularly strong draft class, you load up on picks and pray that you hit on one of them or two of them or however many of them. But I mean, heck, if the stars were to trade from eighteen to twenty five and pick up Lane Hudson, for example, and pick up extra picks <laughs> in the process, oh, I think me and Sam would 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 fly to Dallas and kiss Jim Nil. Okay. Um, yeah. But I mean, I, I I'm just gonna be honest. I, I have 14 players who I think can be potential can potentially be top pairing people or first line players. Uh, again, will all of them reach that potential? Absolutely not. I don't expect them to. Um, but in terms of talent wise, I could see it happening someday. So if those people are still on the board and we drop down completely to josh's point i would not enjoy that but at the same time um i know for example lane hudson he's one of them in in, in some universe he meets his potential he grows two extra inches and he's exceptional and one of the best defensemen offensive defensemen in the league so i'm okay with training down um i wouldn't be too broken up about it i know he's going to be probably available in the second round anyway so uh Trading down to me is hardly ever a bad move. I normally don't like trading up. It worked out for Ottinger, but statistically, say, normally... Ottinger. I think that's the only time we've done it. That's the only time yeah. we've done it. Yeah, that's the only time Noah's actually traded up. Exactly. And I caught Which... Sam with the receipts on saying it was a bad move when it happened, but hey, it's okay. I'm, I'm not holding <laughs> to it. I mean, I wouldn't yeah, hold now you've seen the praises of Jake Ottinger, right? Yeah. So yeah. you're looking <laughs> up for it. You're good. I can remember whenever a player is good, and it was just a bad I don't even think it was a bad pick. I, I would have flopped Jason Robertson and Ottinger personally, but I don't know if Ottinger would have been there. So, he you know, have. it all worked out. Robertson was top top on my list at the time we took Ottinger. So yeah. I, I can hold that over Josh's head too. We was, still would have gotten Hiskinen and Robertson with my board. So I don't I don't scout goalies because goalies are voodoo anyway. So <laughs> It's okay. You just let me scout goalies. I'll tell you who's good. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I, I think that's it, guys. Uh, Josh, Sam, thank you guys for coming on uh, and specifically talking to us about the draft. That's a lot of good yeah. uh, things that you know I didn't know about. Haven't had the time to. Yeah. to do the draft stuff like you guys have. So thank y'all yeah. for doing that. I wasn't paying attention to it at all, and now I'm crazy excited for the draft. So I'm so happy we did this podcast. That's great. <laughs> It'll be a good time. <laughs> to to like, I'm listening to it now, so. <laughs> well, uh, I think that's going to do it for us here tonight, you guys. We thank you guys for listening along, whether you're listening on the podcast side, watching on YouTube, you know, morning, afternoon, evening. Hopefully you're listening to this before the draft, and you don't already know who the stars have selected. Uh, we'll know in less than 24 hours here, guys, who the next uh, Dallas Stars uh, first-round pick is going to be. That's really exciting, and I'm really looking forward to it. So um, once again, if you want to check out uh, us doing a watch-along, I guess we could call it, uh, yeah. on Josh's channel, uh, that will be just before uh, 6 o'clock uh, Eastern time, 7 o'clock uh, Eastern, on the, and then obviously 4 o'clock on the West Coast if, for those of you who are some of our California listeners, uh, which we no. do have California listeners, believe it or not. That handle in my name right there, that's my Twitter handle. If you want to follow that, I will be posting there when I go live tomorrow. So you'll you'll be able to kind of keep up with that there. Um, I'll be, be posting there and on a couple other outlets as well. But Twitter is probably the best way to follow me. So, Yep. And I, I think we're going to save the uh, – we'll save the Who Cares segment for an, another day, guys, because it, yeah, it's already sorry. getting pretty late. No, that's good. No, no, no. We rambled on a little bit. No, no, no. I would much rather be talking about that stuff than we would about what we were what we were going to do. Because <laughs> now it's not as interesting now that we talked about the draft. So. Exactly. And on a good note. <laughs> so uh, make sure you follow Sam on Twitter at at S underscore Morales 77. You can follow Josh at J underscore Sanders. The E is in a number three in this handle. Go follow Got them on Twitter. Different. They post a bunch of cool stuff and uh, they're really big stars fans. And uh, we, we love having them come on the show. And I think that's going to do it for us here tonight. Please go and uh, uh, just take a look at the draft tomorrow and we'll see what we get. Um, Thanks again to DraftKings Sportsbook for being our sponsor and uh, sponsoring the episode, the podcast, and the entirety of THPN. And also follow us on social media. Please click like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, leave us a review, let us know what you thought about this podcast and you know why you think Chris is an absolute idiot and why his opinions are always wrong. And he's giving a thumbs up for those of you who are listening on the podcast side. But... Uh, along with Chris, Josh, James, Sam, my name is Ryan. This has been Starcastic Marks. We will catch you guys on the flip side. We hope you guys have a good afternoon, morning, whenever you're listening. See you guys later. Peace.